there's a lot of moving parts. And I think one of the things that's so difficult in the hospitality industry, especially for a company like ours, we rely on so many other people to make sure that our job is done correct. Welcome to The Turndown. My name is Sebastian Leitner and recently sat down with Richard from Jet Luxury Resorts. What a character. He is such a seasoned professional. He's seen it all. He has a fantastic perspective of trends and changes in the industry. He has expanded his own business, bootstrapped, uh, has built it to an enormous, uh, very successful business in Las Vegas and some other locations. And, you know, he, he has some really great points around the changes in guest expectations, the changes to traveler behavior, and likewise, the changes to the next generation and, and how it is impacting you know, his operations, his fulfillment, or his ability to cater to uh, his next customer. Uh, so some really great insights, some really great stories. Fantastic guy. Can't wait for you to meet him. Richard, thank you so much for joining me. This was fantastic. I really love you being on the show. I want to turn it over to you with, I guess, the most important question. As the CEO of Jet Luxury Resorts, what's keeping you up at night these days? You know, Sebastian, it's a great it's a great question. I think one of the things that, that anybody who is, you know, an entrepreneur and has started a company like we did 15 years ago in the hospitality industry, when you realize the enormity of the hospitality industry and us being a niche company specializing in the condo hotel space and being the advocate and, and really the, the voice for individual owners and developers who are in the condo hotel space. Um, I think one of the toughest things for us as a company to always keep in mind is that we are a specialty company. And so we're not like your average hotel company. Uh, we, we have no bricks or mortars. We don't own anything. Um, we, I like to say we're like a virtual hotel company. We offer our inventory, which is obviously limited compared to the big boys in the industry. Um, but yet we, we strive to give just unbelievable and unparalleled customer service, guest service, uh, communication, good old fashioned you know, not hiding behind text messages, not hiding behind emails. Most importantly, as you know, what the industry has turned into is the OTA world. Everybody wants to book now. They want it on their phones. They want it on their laptops. They want it on their, their iPads, etc. And they're just on the go. And, and, and there's so many people who really don't care so much about the old style of the hotel industry is where you built your reputation on repeat business and great customer service and loyalty. So, you know, I know it's a long answer to your question and we can get into more details, but I think when, when I, as an owner and my business partner, look at our company and the growth of our company over the years and being able to, to change on, on in a nanosecond if needed, um, the, the types of things that keep me up at night is realizing the changes that are ever taking place in the hospitality industry, uh, that we are on top of our game and that we can pivot when needed. 
And so it that's probably one of those items that, that you know, you'd never stop thinking about that as an individual owner. We're independently owned and operated. So we don't have a big corporation behind us. It's my money. It's my my business partner's money and our life savings that are invested into this company. So, you know, those are the types of things that, that kind of keep you up at night at, at times where you're just wanting to make sure you're doing the best for not only our owners, because we have to keep our owners happy. The individuals that we're managing their individual units and the developers, we do this and yet we also have to keep the guests happy. So, you know, it's it's a it's a double-edged sword. It's not just one or the other. So, it, it can be difficult at times. Wow, that's so fascinating. And and to your point, you have two customers ultimately, right? You have the owners that that trust you in managing their their real estate, their their mm-hmm. livelihood, their investment, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, you have a brand to develop, a guest reputation to develop and guess that you're accommodating in your in your beautiful properties. Uh, that's amazing. Is there anything that lets you sleep well at night? You know, uh, well, that's an easy look. That's an easy answer for me. Um, you know, I think behind every successful man's even a more successful wife or, or significant other. I've been with my <laughs> wife for forty plus years. Mm-hmm. We have three beautiful children, adult children, three grandchildren. And we've raised our children and grandchildren's input to to realize that you have to be a good citizen. You have to be a good person. Do you have malice in your heart? Do you do you ever feel the necessity to deceit anybody? And that's not that's not my makeup. It's not our <laughs> makeup. So the thing that does allow me to sleep is that when I look in the mirror, when I brush my teeth in the morning, and I brush my teeth at night before I go to bed, I like who I see. I I, I think I've contributed in a positive way each day, I can tell you that, you know, I would much rather, and my wife says it's my Achilles heel, what makes me great also is my Achilles heel, is that I care too much about people and I trust. And so, you know, when you get burned or someone takes advantage of you, it's hard not to take it personal. But again, for me, I lay my head down every night knowing that, you know, I'm an honest person and we try our best to be good in our business, and and as long as you do that, you to me, I have no regrets. Beautiful, beautiful. Talking about um, brushing your teeth in the morning, for instance, I'd love to understand sort of your m- morning routine, right? Let's say you've you've done the the bare necessities, you've kissed your wife, you said <laughs> goodbye to your children. Help me understand how you sort of start your day from a business perspective. Well, for me, Monday through Friday, I I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I go and I go between an 18 and 22-mile bike ride outside. Nice. Um, It's a great way for me to really, most importantly, uh, have quality time with myself. You have to concentrate when you're riding. Uh, But for me, I put my, you know, my earbuds in, I listen to my bike music, and I and I go for a great ride. Not only is it great cardiovascular, but it's also good for the soul. And so that's how I get my morning going. And then I come back and I cool down. During that cool down period for about 30 minutes, I'll get on my computer at my hall in my office, and I'll just check things, make sure the OTAs, make sure that our reservation system, things that have taken place are working properly. 
jump in the shower and then head to work. I'm usually in the office by seven, seven thirty. Um, and I try to, you know, have a good balance. Uh, it's just my wife and I empty nesters for many, many years. Um, and so to, for me, it gets my morning going to where I've probably done more in the first three, four hours than some people do in five, six hours. Sure. But it gives me that energy, but more importantly, it keeps my mind clear to where I, I head, I head into each day, not worrying about yesterday and, mm-hmm. and trying to be proactive. So that's so by really the time the, you hit the office, you're almost relaxed. You know what's going on. You well, a, a, absolutely. You know, the thing about the hospitality industry is uh, if you think you've seen it all, you're wrong. You, mm-hmm. Someone will surprise you every day. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, I, I think I live by a simple decree. You know, if you want to make God just laugh, just tell him what your plans are. I try not to look too far in the future. I don't worry about yesterday. Yesterday's history, so there's nothing that can be done to change that. So each day you go in, at least for myself, I'm very blessed. Uh, January 10th was 15 years we're in business, and our least tenured employee recently is six months, and and that's a director of our services. But I have employees that have been with me since the day we opened up, 15 years, and then nice. 9, 12, 11. Uh, and so we try to run our company, you know, like a family. Um, they know I'll go through a wall for them, and they go through a wall for me. And so that also makes the days go a lot easier when you know you have a good support system. Um, and I'm not afraid. I, I lead by example. So usually one of the first in, in and pretty much the last out mm-hmm. uh, because I, I just want I want our employees that, that we refer to as team members to know that they're they're in this with me uh, and and not looked at as just a number or just an employee. We love their input and you know the hospitality industry is ever changing so you be able to change on a dime and we've been able to go through those murky waters many many times on Many times, absolutely. What's a common myth about your job, or I guess the job in hospitality as a whole? Like, I'm sure you've had your conversations with your, you know, children and the children of your children, you know, about joining potentially the industry. Um, oh did God! You discourage no. them, or did you oh, encourage no. them? I don't have those types of conversations. Okay. I, I don't want them joining this crazy industry. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, I kind of it's tongue in cheek. But what mm-hmm. I what I what I would say to you is that the the most interesting aspect I think or misconception I think of John Q. Public or the the guest is that this is easy. Okay, yeah. you know what's the big deal? You take a reservation. They don't know all the moving parts. They just know that they've made a reservation. They think they show up to the property and everything's just perfect. And nothing really took place. So anybody can do this. And I can tell you that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 15 years, we have seen here in Las Vegas, no less than a dozen companies that have come and gone that that said, oh, I'm going to do what Jet Luxury Resorts is doing. You know, I'm going to become an approved third party. They think it's easy and it's not. There's a lot of moving parts. And I think one of the things that's so difficult in the hospitality industry is for a co- company like ours 
we rely on so many other people to make sure that our job is done correctly, meaning the front desk people, the valet people, the security at, at a property, uh, the dealing with the OTAs or the lack thereof of communication from the OTAs to their guests. So when they arrive, they think one thing and it's actually another. So there's just a lot of moving parts. And so you just have to stay on top of that. You have to have a good relationship, not only with the properties themselves, but the management and the front desk people, the security people, the housekeeping, all the people at the property. Um, I make it a point to be at at Signature uh, and Vidara no less than three, four times a month where I'm down there at the property. So uh-huh. I think that that's, that's something that might be a misconception that it, that it's just easy, and this is not an easy business. Um, you talked about OTAs and managing expectation uh, and communication with their guests. If you could sort of wave that magic wand and say, hey, OTA, fix one thing to help me do a better job, what would that be? Well, I want to be careful with this with this this answer because the last thing I want to do is shoot myself, my company in the foot with regards mm-hmm. to working with the OTAs because everybody has to work with the OTAs in today's world. Um, if, if I could have a wand that I could make a mm-hmm. special swoop of my wand, it would be for the OTAs to have better communication with their guests who have booked on their platforms. Um, and respecting what our policies are, that we have agreements in place. Um, and far too many times the the OTAs and their affiliates are not on the same page to what the policies are uh-huh. and what cancellation policies are and just how to book a reservation and that they must be 21 years old, you know, in order to check in or they must have a credit card placed at time of check-in for this refundable security deposit, which we explain till we're blue in the face, and it's all in writing. It's all on these portals, and yet it's a constant battle uh, with the the OTAs at times turning a deaf ear and then pointing them to the direction of us as, an, as, as the property, quote-unquote uh-huh. quote, the property as Jet Luxury Resorts. Uh-huh. And then you have a client calling you and blaming you for everything you're trying to explain to them. No, that's not what happened. If you look at what was on the ad and when you booked under the policies, everything is right there. Well, nobody told me about that. So I think the biggest frustration is lack of communication at times. And quite frankly, uh, too many people in the world do not pay attention. They do not read. You can send them message after message explaining to them that their credit card has declined and therefore we're going to have to cancel your reservation when we've given you five days in a row. Notice that your reservation will be canceled due non-payment and uh-huh. then the guest shows up at the property. Was that nice enough, Sebastian? No, or, I, th- I think that was Or uh, I think you, that's you think I shot myself? Not at all. Not at all. And look, I, 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 uh, I'm responsible for partnerships at Clubbeds. We talk to OTAs all day long, and you know, uh, it's all about partnering to fix things. In my opinion, right? It's all about figuring out how do we can improve the experience for both the guests, but also the property owners and operators, so that we remove friction where friction exists. Because, to your point, it's not an easy business. Let's make it easier 
and one, the, often that time that requires one step at the time, right? It could be a small iterative things that you and I perceive as, you know, a minor thing potentially that can help hundreds and hundreds of reservations down the road. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, this sort of last three years, and I'm really curious about your learnings as you came out of COVID, right? Because you've been in the business for 15 years. COVID was probably something, let's hope, that happened only once, right, to that degree. But are there things that you learned from this pandemic, from this sort of crazy travel situation that you would potentially do differently? You know, Sebastian, I don't know if I could, I mean, I, I have my opinions and I'm more than happy to share them, but I don't know necessarily whether we could do anything differently. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is, you know, I opened my company in 2008, January of 2008, right during the crash, okay, the financial crash. Uh, to say it was very difficult and, and very hard times the first two, three, four years coming out of it uh, would be an understatement. But we persevered. All of our owners never missed a payment. They got paid. Our employees got paid. Uh, but nobody could have predicted COVID. Uh -huh. and, and when you talk about a catastrophic situation that didn't, you know, choose just one type of person or one area in the world. It was worldwide pandemic. Uh, yes, it caused closure here in Las Vegas for close to three months uh, that literally everything was shut down. But I, I, I think the thing that has made it very difficult over the last three years it, are the expectations of, of guests. Mm -hmm. um, perfect example. When we reopened the the CDC, along with the Board of Health here in Nevada, uh, and in all of our where we do it in New York, where we we have property in Hawaii, uh, the rules changed with what you could and could not do. You know, you couldn't keep inventory, meaning plates and dishes, uh, glassware. You couldn't leave any of that in the actual units anymore. Um, you had to have a different type of cleaning, disinfectant. I mean, th there were so many restrictions that were put in place. And and what I what amazed me are the amount of people when they started coming back, specifically here to Las Vegas, you would have thought they would all have been under a rock. Nobody knew anything because, oh, how dare we not have, you know, Perhaps. kitchen inventory in the units? How dare we not? allow Signature to do room service with food being delivered, you uh -huh. know, and we were all blamed for it. And the, and the more you tried to explain it, the more we posted it everywhere, we gave them all the information on their confirmations. I would say eight out of 10 guests, you would think that they never read or they didn't understand because they've come in and their expectations were beyond ridiculous and things that we had no control over. Uh, what we also noticed more, more importantly, which made it very difficult, and it is getting better finally, uh, but it's taken three years to get a little better, is the sense of entitlement. Uh -huh. Every, everybody feels they're entitled to everything for free. 
They want everything for free. You don't upgrade them when they pay $79 for a studio unit and they want a penthouse one-bedroom unit that's $189. Oh my God, God forbid it. You tell them I'm more than happy to upgrade you if you pay the additional. Oh my, I mean, then they they dispute their credit cards. They write a, a, a crappy review because we didn't give them what they wanted. Um, we never saw any of that pre-COVID, ever. Uh -huh. Um I think one of the saddest things that we're dealing with, and I've talked to many in the industry here in Las Vegas, and they're dealing with it as well. The amount of people that are booking reservations with what is referred to as a hotel collect, as you know, Sebastian, in the OTA world, which means they put their own credit card in. Sure. It's not a virtual card from Expedia or a booking.com where it's a channel collect, meaning that, that the guest has paid them. And then on the day of check-in, we get a virtual credit card from the OTA. I'm talking about hotel collect where the guest puts their credit card on the reservation. The policies are clearly detailed. We charge the credit card five days prior to their check-in date. And we average between, I would say, seven out of every 10 bookings that are hotel collect through the OTAs, credit cards decline. Wow. And then my team spends one day, two days, three days, four days, day of check-in, sending messages in the portal, text messaging the guest, letting uh -huh. them know that their credit card has declined and that their reservation will be canceled. And like I said earlier, they show up at the property at eight o'clock that night. I get uh -huh. the after hour call. The front desk manager is telling me, Mr. Brossel, I have so-and-so here, and I see that the reservation was canceled in our system. Can you can you let me know why? Absolutely. Yes, credit card declining, and I cannot let them check in unless they pay me. And then they get on the phone demanding that they have already paid, and clearly they haven't. Uh -huh. I've had issues where I've taken, for a $300 reservation, five separate credit cards. Yeah, from an yeah. individual standing at the front desk just to cover the $300 charge. Um, and and I, and I know it sounds like a generalization, but um, it, it, it used to be the exception. Now uh -huh. it's almost the rule. Um, you know, it, to me, and again, this may come off wrong, but I, I can tell you I've never gone on a vacation or I've never booked a hotel knowing that my credit card would decline and if i if it was because there was fraud or something happened a digit was wrong and they uh -huh. contacted me i would clearly give them another credit card i i, I sure as hell wouldn't show up at the property thinking that i was going to be able to stay for free so that's what we've seen coming out of covid yeah this is so interesting that you're saying this now i mean if you if we put this in context of increases in inflation uh interest rates rising, disposable income shrinking uh, and you know i guess food has become more expensive travel has become more expensive i surely i've paid a lot more for air tickets going moving around the country left to right you know and you're noticing that it's harder to collect payments directly from guests, whether it's operational or whether it's, you know, that they haven't entered the credit card. And I'm worried what is yet to come. Um, I do think, though, especially on the payment side of things, that we need to figure out how to make it easier to, especially as cross 
border travel picks up again, which we're all okay. hoping, right? Like, uh, especially travel out Absolutely. of Asia, travel out of LATAM, travel out of Europe. Uh, I think, uh, I'm, I'm curious what you're seeing, but we st still see huge potential coming from these countries into the U.S., and we're waiting for some of these, I guess, travelers to, you know, book their summer trip to, to North America, go on that road trip that they've been holding back for a few years and, and, and discovering this, this amazing country, the United States of America. So, um, look, you bring up a really good point because look, all the, you know, I can't, I'm not going to speak for Canada, but I can speak for the United States, you know, we're the only country that refers to a vacation as a vacation. Everywhere else in the world, it's a holiday mm -hmm. because they come and they get two, three weeks off and they stay seven days. They say, stay two weeks. Mm -hmm. And that type of traveler was such a big part of Las Vegas pre-COVID yep. that that has sorely been missed. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you, you know, as we start to see that coming back, it puts a smile on my face because these are... These are clients and guests that have booked with us year in and year out pre-COVID. And now they're starting to come back. And that makes me feel good because, look, the last thing I want to do is ever, you know, uh, cut my own throat by, you know, blemishing or accusing anyone uh, in a generalization when it comes to this hotel collect that I talked about. Uh -huh. But it's a fact. It's not fiction. I, uh -huh. I have nothing to gain by making this up. I mean, I can clearly show statistics and all the detail to support it, quantitative detail to support it. And, and I think that that's what is probably the toughest thing for hoteliers today is yeah. making that transition from being a brand and loyalty and your own booking engine, your own booking platform, word of mouth, uh, to to have the OTAs have such a dominance over the hospitality industry. And, 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 it, and it's something that you can't fight, but it's definitely a different way of doing business because you lose that connection with the guests. Um, and so you're constantly battling to get that kind of information to the guests so that they understand that, yes, you book through booking.com or yes, you book through hotels.com or you book through Airbnb. All of that is gladly accepted and wanted and needed, but it has to be more, meaning we have to do a better job in our industry of communicating properly to make those guests feel like they're wanted, that they're just not a number. Um, and that's what my wish is for, you know, for the hospitality industry more than anything else, that go back to some good old-fashioned customer service, okay? Don't nice. hide behind text messages and, and the portals and, the, and, and, and you know, the, the manner of communication not being verbal. I mean, I think uh -huh. there's still, we all strive, look, coming out of COVID, what was the most important thing you see all the mental illness. You see everything that's gone on during COVID. And so much of it was the loss of human touch, not being able to go to a restaurant, not be able to go to see family somewhere. I still believe human touch, if, whether it be physical or just in communication, is something that people want. They may not realize it, but they do want it. And, and I'm hoping that we can get to a point for everyone's sake, not just for jet luxury resorts. This is not a jet luxury resorts 
problem. Sure. I think it's an overall issue that all hoteliers are dealing with worldwide. But but at the same time, we like we want some convenience, right? Like we want some <laughs> because we've become so digital in our life. Uh, you know, we've become right. so spoiled with our devices. But I hear your point of putting humanity and and human connections back in hospitality. It's such an important theme, and it's such an important topic. I want to do before we wrap up. I want to do a quick lightning round, uh, sure. trying to get your unfiltered. You know what comes to mind, sort of reaction. Um, I'm going to throw you a word or a couple of words out, and just say what 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 you think. Direct versus OTA. Well, what you, comes to mind? Hey, s s wait, Sebastian. Let, let let's start before you do that by saying I, <laughs> I think you can see by this interview uh, I don't have a filter, so no, no, I'm no, more than happy to. Sh perfect. Let's start with direct versus OTAs. Direct is, uh, to me, direct is beautiful because you own every aspect of that reservation from the time that they call you uh, or they book online and they're communicated with, you have a sense of really having a direct connection with that guest. Awesome. Google. Still the number one search engine in the world. I mean, we have Google reservations. We do, you know, keywords, uh, you know, and algorithms take Obviously, 15 plus years, uh, you know, if you Google signature, we're going to be right up there in the top. Um, so, yeah, total necessity, Google. TikTok, I have to say, if TikTok, what comes to mind? Nah, that, that, yeah, you know, okay. at TikTok, I, 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 I just don't pay attention to it. It's not something that okay. for us in our, in our business, we would never use it. So, I, I don't even think about it. Leisure. That's a reaction too. You know, that's no, no. That the reason why I'm I'm hesitating a little. To me, leisure is what most people would love to get back to. The mm -hmm. leisure traveler wants to know when they're going somewhere that they're getting out of their usual situation, whether sure. it be home, whether it be the stress of work. So leisure to me is puts a smile on my face, even for myself. If I if I go somewhere. I, it's. I'd rather go leisure travel than when I have to travel for business. Mm. Turn down. Um, in today's world, I don't think it's necessary. Okay, cool. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Hawaii. Hawaii. Okay. Is that your favorite travel yes. destination? Awesome. I haven't it, been. It, I, it I, is. My wife and I. Well, my wife and I have traveled quite a bit o over. Our, our marriage, and we always seem to go back to the, you know, we live in the Ninth Island here in Las Vegas, and mm -hmm. the eight islands in Hawaii are amazing. Love Kauai, but we also really enjoy Maui, and I just love the, everybody's happy. Um, it's laid back, uh, and the guest service there is amazing. When you have islands that are in dire need of the hospitality industry and the tourism, they really, really know how to treat guests. Nice, nice. It's a it's a hospital, a hospitality centric destination. Uh, they're uh, they're very focused on, I guess, travel and hospitality. Um, hospitality is a big industry right now that is recruiting, that is growing, that is hiring. Sure. I think it's sort of one of the few industries that are still on fire, at least in North America and anywhere else in the world. I'd love in closing. 
to get your perspective, one piece of advice that you would give someone starting out in this industry? Well, best advice I can give to anybody who wants to start out in this industry is make sure your expectations are real. Um, getting into this industry, you have to have a passion for it and you have to learn it from the ground up. You know, far too many people think that they can become a general manager or a director of sales uh, in the hospitality industry. And, you know, this just doesn't happen. And I think I think our colleges, our hospitality universities are getting better at it. Um, the expectations, letting the students that are graduating know that you have to earn your stripes. Hard work will result in good things because if you do a great job as a housekeeper, you're then going to become a director of housekeeping. Then you may go into ballet. You may go into front desk or back, back uh, reservation sales. The more you can learn in this industry will help you to pave a better career uh, for you in the hospitality industry. So I think managing expectations and realizing that nothing is for free. You don't come out of college or you, you don't go from a, a job that you may have been in for 10, 15 years and think that you go right to the top because you want to make six figures. Your expectations are, are you're, you're going to be upset because it's going to be very difficult for you. But I'm a firm believer if you go into something that you love and you do it for the right reasons and you have passion, your direct boss, even people above the tier, if you go into the tier of management, you will be recognized and you will be rewarded. It's the ones that just sit back and are complacent or all they do is bitch and moan about how many hours and how terrible their job is. You're not going to get recognized. So manage your expectations and realize that anything you put your mind to, you can achieve. That's awesome. Richard, thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you for sharing your insights, your experience, your 15 years of wealth of you know experience that you, you brought to this industry, and uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been a, a great No, my pleasure, Sebastian. Thank you for listening to The Turndown. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in next week as we discover new exciting guests.